All right. Welcome to Nostalgia Cast, your weekly roundup of the best and most up-to-date nostalgic news where we discuss the stories and give our thoughts. I am your host with the twinkle toes. Wow. Andrew Price. Hello, dum-dum. <laughs> Tyler Palo. Oh, gosh. The grand poobah of the loyal order of the water buffalo, Kelby Joseph. Damn. And... Dad Beats, a.k.a. Kirk Pinchon. Dad Beats! I haven't been called a buffalo in so many years. I mean, is that are those Night of the Museum references? <laughs> <laughs> well, wait. What? You almost made him like, throw Kelby's, up. No, Kelby's is Happy Days. No. Uh, oh! It's not? There's a similar thing in Happy Days. Um, but no, it's not Happy Days. It's like the Order of the Water Bo- It's the, it's. They do have a lodge in, that they go to in, in Happy Days. It's yeah. Dragon Ball. No. What? <laughs> do you know Todd? Um, it's, 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 uh, Twin Peaks. Nope. I don't know. They're all... Three's Company. Flintstones references. Oh! Especially Debbie's. never got Whenever that. Water Buffalo's back in the day. Oh, that's just for the theory that it's the same time as the, uh... Whenever, whenever Fred Flintstone would go bowling, he was, he had his technique, which was called Twinkle Toes. That's oh, right. time travel. What? What? It, what? It's just more evidence that they're living in the same time as the Jetsons. Just they're the poor ones. Poor ones living on Earth. Yeah, wow, yeah. Sick. The 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 loyal order of the Water Buffalo was the lodge that Fred Flintstone That's was right. in, and he became the Grand Poobah. How do you think episode. about this stuff? I just I, it's constantly going on. In this it it I mean, starts yeah. it starts from well. There's two ways it could start. Either one way is that there's a very obvious thing that jumps out at me of like, oh, we're talking about this thing in the show and I and I want to, and just something occurs to me, like when we did in The Mandalorian mm-hmm. and immediately I wanted to do the good, the bad, and the ugly. Oh, I see. 90% of the time, it starts with figuring out something that rhymes or kind of rhymes or like slant rhymes uh, with host Yeah. and then reverse engineering it from that. The other names kind of go along with it thematically. Jump out at you. Yeah. Okay. Well, what's going on? A little behind yeah. the scenes action. I haven't been here in a little bit. What's what's happening? I haven't seen you guys. What's up? That's a good point <clears throat> for my what I'm going into. Mm. Segway. Call out a Segway. Is we, it a game show with Star Wars creatures? Oh. I'm here for it. Nope. That's <laughs> oh. uh I will spend the rest of my life trying to prevent that from ever happening. Damn, you whack. You a hater. We we uh we we skipped a week, which we this is the first time we've skipped an episode. And to you, our audience, it seems like we skipped Two weeks ago. Well, no, it seemed like we skipped. Not just one. We skipped a week. We recorded on Christmas Eve, and it was supposed to go out the next following week. So it was supposed to, was supposed to go out. That was a Monday, and it was supposed to go out the next Monday. Mm-hmm. But then we ended up not posting it mm-hmm. that that week, and we posted it the following Monday. So this uh, last week, we posted it. Oh, uh, okay. So <clears throat> even though it seems like we skipped two weeks ago, we actually skipped last week, but okay. we posted an old episode. So all this to say, math, that I thought about this, and I realized that for this podcast, when we skip a week, the news keeps going on. That's and on. Just, just and for on. this that's podcast, not true. though. That's it. News stops when we stop. Yeah. And fact. so I realized that to fulfill the promise of this podcast, Go ahead. that we give you all of the news, mm. the most up-to-date, nothing gets left behind, this is the only place you need to go to find this information... I thought that we should recap some of the stuff we missed, but I don't want to sit here and dis- and actually get into it and discuss it because then the podcast will be four hours long. Mm-hmm. What's the problem? So I decided that we should recap this in the most appropriate way possible. Oh, I see what's coming. So let's let's get into it. You guys ready? Yeah. Yeah. No, I don't know what you're talking about. Hit me with it. This is a blues <laughs> riff and B. Watch me for the changes and try to keep up. Okay. Back to the future. Yeah. 
When you when you know when you know what to do, you can join in. Yeah. Classic. Oh, Tyler, are you looking at lyrics? I'm looking at lyrics. Oh, oh, don't sing along with me. You'll, you'll mess me up. I will definitely do that. <laughs> Wait, I'm going to count you in, though, because I'm doing a beat. Coming in right now. Two, three, four. Friends has gone from Netflix. Now to get your Ross fix, you'll have to pay $12.99 a month for Peacock. Uh. Allie Willis passed away. She did so on Christmas Day. She wrote September by Earth, Wind, and Fire. She rocked. Wow. She did rock. R.I.P. Uh. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Since the Mandalorian finished its first season, people are canceling their Disney Plus accounts. What? Their new Mighty Duck show has some new details, though. It's about a single mom Emilio had to bounce. We didn't do the podcast, but the world keeps turning. The nostalgia's burning. We didn't do the podcast. No, we didn't write it. We did not recite it. Mama. Pizza Hut is closing down. All its stores where you sit down. Dining Pizza Hut is a long dead fad. Boom. Ice Cube said that Friday 4 is something he has in store. But won't use CGI to bring back his dad. Summer 2020, they're gonna shoot Spider-Man 3. Hopefully this one doesn't have Topher Grace. Disney wants George Lucas back to steer the Star Wars ship on track so we can get more movies about Wookiees in space. We didn't do the podcast, but the world keeps turning, the nostalgia's burning. We didn't do the podcast, no we didn't write it, we did not recite it. Star Trek 4's a reboot, the OG cast will not shoot. Jack Sheldon also died, he's saying I'm just a bill, I cried. Sid Mead was an artist, he passed too, and I'm pissed. Harry Potter's sequel is not gonna be a cursed child. Guitar Jam. All you Michael Myers stands have a show on your hands. Netflix is developing a series based on Halloween. New Mutants got shelved for a while, but it has to come back in style. Now they are releasing it. No reshoots or recutting shit. Old episodes of Scooby-Doo. No season of Lost the Face 2 or Dracula TV reboot. Netflix come get it, come it get all it. for you. What else does Netflix have in store? Or the streaming service war? Stranger Things just caused a roar. They started choosing season four. We didn't do the podcast. But the world keeps turning, the nostalgia's burning. We didn't do the podcast. But when we are gone, the news will still go on and on and on and on and on. I'm really Googling this pizza hut thing. They're, they're sit down restaurants. It's, all, it's delivery only. Oh. Or takeout delivery only. That's your takeaway. Out of all that news, <laughs> your biggest concern <laughs> is that Pizza Hut dining is shutting down. I didn't. I was really distressed. I, hang on, though. Yeah, that yeah, was really yeah. good. I kind of fucked up the end. No, no, no. Okay. no that was it was great. so good. And if you had any doubt in mind what big nerds we are, yeah. that pretty much just solidified it. <laughs> I mean, that really did. I, I was. Some to it, I spent I way too long doing that. That was fantastic. <laughs> I spent, I was up to like four in the morning. Practicing? Not practicing, just write. I, I, I mean, I had to do the outline, but I had to write that. I had to write, I took all the stories and I had to like put them in order and then like write the lines and make everything rhyme. <laughs> and then I also had to re-edit the song because the song is longer and I had to cut out a bunch of parts and get it all to match up. Yeah. So I mean, I was listening to that pizza hut part. I was like, wait, wait. Yeah, yeah, that really, <laughs> that really shook you. Yeah. yeah, I, shook I, I, I said, I was out I said of that song, boy. Pizza Hut is shutting down. 
all the stores where you sit down. I didn't even hear the sit down part. Dining like, pizza they really hut doing this to me? is a thing is a passing fad. That all right, cool. I can see why that would hurt though. That's a little. That's a end of end of days kind of thing. Oh heck yeah, yeah. dude! You def like, you would definitely you would know if Pizza Hut was going out of business. Yeah, yeah, point blank period. But that was very impressive. Yeah, you know, I wasn't gonna sing along with you guys, but I gave you a little bit of my amigos. You know, whenever I do a song, I always later on I don't hear it because I'm concentrating. Yeah, but I always appreciate the ad libs. Yeah, that's what I do. Yeah. Also, I really appreciate hearing the congas in this <laughs> Billy Joel song that I didn't notice <laughs> until I just heard it now. I found a great instrumental version that we didn't start the fire because all the karaoke versions they sound like shit yeah that was but good this version somebody took the real song and they went through and they isolated out the vocals and removed them so it's uh, it's the real song that's why that's why that's legit that's nuts before we finally get into the show it's got a one last thing to acknowledge blue magoo too soon. Louis Elvius. <laughs> Too soon. Fighting limo drivers in the sky. <laughs> no, he's not, he's not dead. He's decided that he needs... He's decided to take a step back. What the fuck? Oh, God damn it. Started playing an ad. Bar with the bar to bang, to bang, to get My name is King! Now this is for the questions that don't have any answers. Uh, he decided to... Uh, he decided he need more, needed more time in his schedule to shower. You can't do that. Showering every day is good for you. And uh, he's uh, he's he's decided to step back from the podcast. Yep. Um, he 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 said he's gonna appear on an episode every once in a while. Yeah. But ultimately, we lost a we lost a good one out there today. And, and I'm not and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be diplomatic. I'm not gonna do one of those political statements of like we split amicably and I wish him luck. I'm very upset about it. Yeah, yeah this hurt. And I hope he fails at everything <laughs> he does from this day forward. He gets well, no cuts. And also an honor. That's crazy. That's crazy. That's crazy. That's crazy. I mean, he's, he didn't want to do it. <laughs> the best is, he's just like down the he's, hall. He's, like, he's literally a wall he can, away. He can hear I hope us he hears laughing all this. about this. I hope he hears he's all He's hearing this. this now, and there's just one single tear <laughs> as he's falling down his cheek as he's on his computer working. That's crazy. He's probably smiling right now. <laughs> if we could do this for the video, it's just put a, a picture of Lou. Like in memoriam? Yeah, in memoriam. And the then, cartoon. yeah, like his date of birth, and then the last time he did the pod, and then quotes, "That's crazy." And then it's just like crazy. one of those one of those montages of like memorable moments, but it's just him going, <laughs> just looking at different areas in the room, not saying things. I love it. Yeah, <laughs> just a bunch of that's crazy. That's crazy. That's crazy. Where's my cut? That's wild. All right, we spent too much time. <laughs> All right, so before we get into the show, there was a story that happened, and I wanted to talk a little bit about kind of a bigger idea behind it. So after the holidays, so Disney Plus came out on no November 12th, yeah, and you know people got it. It went viral. People were talking about it for a while, and then like The Mandalorian got really big, and then Baby Yoda became a thing, and we predated that. I wanted to say this right now. I thought about this last night when I was putting this together. We reviewed The Mandalorian episode one on this show before Baby Yoda became a meme or became a thing, and we were calling it Baby Yoda. Yeah, man. We we, we called it Baby Yoda before it became Baby Yoda. We did really? it. Yeah, we said... Is we, that the character's name? No, it's no, not. It's, it's what everyone's calling it now. The, oh, okay. the official name of it is 
the is either the asset or the child, and they actually don't like people calling it Baby Yoda because oh, because up, it's dude. not Yoda. Yeah. Then don't make it look like Yoda. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> shut up. My wife, uh, I like there was a misunderstanding apparently where like she kept saying she hadn't she didn't want to watch The Mandalorian and she had no interest in it, and then I was like trying to, I was talking to her and my friend or whatever. And I was like, I was like, we should just let's watch the Mandalorian. I want you to watch it. And she was like, No, I don't want to watch it. And we were saying something about Baby Yoda, and she's like, That's the biggest reason why I don't want to watch it. Uh, I think it's, I think it's so stupid that they just have a Baby Yoda. And I was like, It's not Yoda. And she's like, What? And I was like, It's not Yoda. There's just that's just what people call it. It's it's like some other. It's not Yoda. He's dead. And she was like, Oh, I didn't realize that. And then she was like, Now I'm more interested in watching it. I thought it was just so stupid that they had like a Baby Yoda. So uh, after so that that happened at this point, season one of uh, the Mandalorian has wrapped, and as I said in the recap, people are deleting their accounts now that the Mandalorian mm. is over. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is on Disney, yeah. man. Yeah, this is on Disney. Another thing that happened recently, a couple days ago, uh, or people were talking about it, is that uh, Disney Plus quietly removed several titles from their library. Subscribers who were under the impression that everything would be, not be rotating are not very happy about the situation. When Disney first unveiled their streaming platform, it was believed that it would be a place for everything that the studio owns all the time. Uh, there were going to be some hiccups at first, considering that a lot of their material was already under contract with network, network television over and other streaming outlets like Netflix. Uh, the movies that were removed, Home Alone, Home Alone 2, Lost in New York, yeah. The Sandlot, Dr. Doolittle, Flicka, The Pirates of the Caribbean on Stranger Tides, Strange Magic... The Wonderful World of Disney Magical Holiday Celebration, which we we watched that. I watched that with my son. Uh, White Wilderness, Mickey's uh, Three Musketeers, Garfield 2, and Shaggy Dog 06. People were kind of freaking out about this and being like, what the fuck? You took Home Alone off? All right, so Um, I got two things to say about this. The first one is, if you made something Mandalorian-esque, I think somebody got to sit in that room and say, yo, as soon as the show ends and you know people are just going to be latching onto it because it's a Star Wars property... We got to come out with something else. They got to be something that immediately, as soon as episode six or episode eight, they got to put something else that that's going to go viral. <laughs> yeah, well, they they're just... a, they're a little late on it now, but in response to that, they're they're pushing up the release date of Wandavision. Oh. What is oh. that? Um, Wandavision is a show that a Disney Plus show that is um, Scarlet Witch and Vision from the Avengers. Is it a cartoon? No, it's a it's a live action show. Star like Scarlett so you, Johansson's gonna be in it. No, no, no that's that's that's, that's Black Widow. Scar- oh. Scarlet Witch is uh, is uh, oh, oh, Elizabeth Olsen. Olsen. The Olsen. Olsen. Okay. So you know you know in in yeah. Game and in Infinity War the she Scarlet Witch and then she's with that guy, guy Vision, yeah. the Who robot did, yeah. looking guy. Yeah. It's a show about them. I'm not gonna watch. And they're 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 actually moving up the release date of it in response to this because they're just they I guess they realize like oh shit like duh the Mandalorian ended and like. We don't have a new big thing to push right now. Oh, these guys, come on, man! It's they not should, the first. They should just rodeo. re-release the first out. season of The Mandalorian from Baby Yoda's perspective. They, I'd watch <laughs> it, um, just like a re-edit. Yeah, yeah. Just <laughs> just like, yeah. Like, I would love that. He's like watching The Mandalorian just shoot everybody, and like all he hears is. Don't give out your million dollar ideas. Yeah, like, damn yeah. it! I need my cut. Yeah, I just then, love that. And what was the other thing you talked about again? Uh, oh, oh, they're, they're, them taking the yeah. stuff off. Oh, Shaggy Dog too. This is six. This is them trying to stay relevant. That's what that is. They want people to get on there and complain and say, well, oh, what so do they have? What else do they have? Yeah, they're looking for a little like moment, you know, and then they realize, oh, snap, if we put everything out and then everybody watches it, what else do we have? I mean, that's that's their whole thing. They invented that putting things in the vault 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But they never said they were going to put everything out. It's just people I assumed they was. were going to put everything out. Yeah, they yeah they assumed that it so was people just going to be a place where Wait, all no, no, Disney no. stuff is. Isn't that what they said? They said like every Disney property is going to be on this and you could watch it? Well, they said that, but I think they probably, well, I mean, that's probably like, that's probably like a little bit of word trickery of like mm-hmm. what they wow. mean is, is that Disney stuff is not going to be on other streaming <laughs> platforms ever. Otherwise, no, they have so, some on Netflix right now. But that's because the the licenses are still they're up. still there. When, when, whenever uh, when everything lapses, everything's coming down. Yeah. Oh, sick! It's gonna be crazy. But I think what they meant was when like all Disney stuff will be here from now on, never on Netflix, mm-hmm. never on anywhere else. But not necessarily that it's always going to be up here. It's right. either going to be on yeah. Disney Plus or it's going to be nowhere. Yeah, we didn't say it'd be there forever. All right, so let's let's get technical here. How do they do that? Like, are they are they doing a rotating thing because they don't want to pay for more space to put everything on there at once? Because I'm assu- I'm assuming no, they don't they don't care. Disney doesn't have to worry about hosting <laughs> fees. <laughs> uh, yeah. Listen, it's, it's they don't have to worry about anything, but they do. I'm sure worry about it in in some aspect. I hope some, there's one guy worried. Some guy guys, worried these about hosting it. fees are <laughs> He's crazy. Like, these are, we need to back off a little bit. Let's take some things down. No, it's it's for it's the vault. It, it's, it's, so putting, it's just the like they're trying to drum up more like concern about whether or not their people are going to get. Well, if they have everything on it at all times, then like. They've burned what, themselves. What reason would you have to have that subscription moving forward until they release a new show or yeah. whatever? Mm. So what they do is they have certain things up, and then one day, I mean, you see those articles all the time of it's like every everything that's co- everything that's being removed right. from Netflix this month. Yeah. Then there's going to be like everything that's being added to Disney Plus this month, and you read those yeah. articles, and then you see like, oh shit, they're going to have this, and then you get a subscription. Mm-hmm. Right. I just don't think it's going to work for something like Disney. It's just they they are one thing. They're not Netflix, who has like a bunch of different things coming at them, like where they can go. We're taking this off to make room for this instead. It's it's all of Disney's stuff. Just you guys look like assholes well, not ne- giving I mean, it to them. Netflix yeah, is short sighted. Netflix isn't really like that anymore. Like that they used to be like that, but now like they do have a lot of stuff, but like that stuff is not really the appeal of Netflix anymore. Mm-hmm. The appeal of Netflix is the original content. Yeah. yeah. Well, now I just mean back when they were doing that, it was it was okay for them to do it because they had a bunch of well, shit Disney, from outside. Disney well. wants to get to the point of having as much original content on there yeah. as Netflix. Got they it. just need to get to that place. I think this is a, a, a big misstep on Disney's end. They should have had a, at least four or five shows ready to go. Um, because it, it people consume things so quickly nowadays that that's where Netflix is at now to where they're releasing shows weekly and and trying to take different steps to not burn all the crap that they're giving us. So I think I, I'm not sure who thought about that. Uh, just oh, we got the Mandalorian, and then, and uh, then I yeah. think it would be fine because, like you said, WandaVision's coming and all these other shows. Uh, who's the Jeremy Renner character? Yeah, Hawkeye. The, uh, Hawkeye. Yeah, so like we investing you, in Jeremy Renner. Sure, why not? Why they didn't even want him in the first Avengers movie? They were like, go make music yeah. videos. You're a Jeremy Renner hater, and I'm not here for it, okay? <laughs> yeah, come on, man. Show some Sorry. respect. Tyler <laughs> loves his music. I do love no, his music. He's delightful. You I, love his music. No, I've never heard his music yeah, ever that's in what my I life. Thought. That's but what I thought. it does I to me, I'm like, people people are gonna drop off and then all of a sudden they're like, Oh shit, WandaVision. Oh, I guess I'm back in. Or yeah. new people will be like, Oh, WandaVision, I forgot that was on there. They'll they'll be fine. I don't think this is a misstep at all. And for the person that's like I can't believe they got rid of Shaggy Dog 06. <laughs> what the fuck? Come on. Tim Allen's great in that. God no, damn six. it, man. It's the only Tim Allen movie. The 06 version's the superior version. Don't they have yeah. Lady in the Tramp? Isn't that a thing I see? Uh, the live there? action yeah, one? The, yeah, out? well, that was, yeah, that was, no, that can, that's already on Disney Plus. That was available oh, on launch. Shit. Yeah, live action, a live action remake like Aladdin or, yeah. but they, but it was exclusive for Disney Plus and it was on there day one. 
Oh snap! Did anybody see it? No, I I, I didn't even hear anyone no. talking about it. I yeah, saw one. I saw, one, I saw one person talking about you it on Facebook. It doesn't make any sense yeah. to make it live oh, yeah. action. I, I don't understand. It, like, yeah. you, uh, I I get <laughs> sure money, 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 money. I don't understand money. why this thing that. Clearly like, makes sense from a business perspective, and to prove to make a lot of money would be done. Why would they want like to Lion make King money? Is, Lion That's King lame. is a bunch of animals that you have to CGI and stuff. Like all, 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 you're spending. It's two animals, and every other character in that entire movie is like the Italian guy that gives them the spaghetti, or the woman that tries to run them off the farm. Yeah, but like, they did it with a hundred and one If every day you walked into this office, <laughs> and if you walk and you walked up to Kelby, uh-huh. and you just went, oh. <laughs> And he gave you twenty dollars, and you were like, "Why do you like me to do that?" And he's just like, "I just like it." Would you stop? Stop doing it, or no, would but you I'd come s- in every day and go? I would ask the same oh! question though until I got a until I got the right answer. But, but he's never Doesn't gonna matter. tell you. That's Doesn't fine. Matter. We have an agreement. He's handing me twenty dollars. I'm okay with that. But I'm still gonna ask the question. I like it. So what I wanted to talk about quickly <laughs> about this this story reminded me of a thing. Because this is this is a this is a this is a thing that exists in other areas of of media when it comes to streaming services, digital downloads, and the cloud. And the thing is, the cloud or the idea of things existing on the cloud is slowly destroying the concept of ownership. Yeah, boy. This is why I email things to myself. <laughs> Boom. Uh, and this is a prime example of it. Another example of it. So in the video game. Uh, market, there's a big thing where now all of the video game consoles, PS4, Xbox One, Switch, uh, you can buy games, physical, or you can download all the games. Back in the day, it was like some games were available for download. But now it's just like any game on the Switch, you can either buy the game with the case and the cartridge and you put it into the thing, or you just go to the shop and buy it. And I have a Switch, I don't. I do not own a single physical game. I own like over eighty games. I was just going to ask you, and they're all digital. I downloaded them. Uh, Can you sign into another Switch and have all your games there? Well, yes, but it's a difficult process. You Uh you have to you you have to sign in and you have to like verify like your identity between the two, and then you have to like import everything it's like it's oh, like a, it's a process that takes like 40 minutes oh gosh okay um is it the same price to download as to get the physical yes yeah because so um why would you get the physical ever then exactly well this is why What's the point? This okay. is why, why do people buy dvds this is this is my point because then you have to download the physical copy into your thing anyways this is, oh shit yeah it's goofy yeah this is this is this this is why and this is my point okay so with this and with streaming with disney plus or you know uh like there was a whole there was a controversy a couple of years ago <laughs> where like if you chose to like synchronize your itunes library like Apple Music with your like stuff files that you had on your computer, it would like upload them to a cloud server and then delete them from your computer. Like mm-hmm. even if they were like tracks that you downloaded yourself or even ripped from CDs mm-hmm. outside of iTunes, it would still upload those and then delete them from your hard drive. And people were freaking out. And there was this one story about this guy, this article this guy wrote where he was like, I had all these rare bootleg versions of songs of like, I literally like went to concerts and like recorded and things like that. And like it uploaded those and deleted them. You can get those back. And they were like unique original recordings that mm-hmm. don't exist anywhere else. And so all these things... Uh, you know, we're we're being slowly indoctrinated to just let go of the idea of owning something. And the reason why it matters for like video games, for instance, is two things. Number one, 
there there used to be and still is a large secondhand video game market. So companies like GameStop thrive off of the idea of when you're done with a game, you go in and you sell it to them and they give you some money and then they resell it. Mm-hmm. And also you can just sell it to, you know, the, the, the benefit of having a physical copy of a game is like, if I have Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, I play it and I beat it. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, I played that and I beat it. I want another game. So, hey, Kelby, mm-hmm. you, you want to play Breath of the Wild? Do you want to buy this from me? Uh, it's 60 bucks, but I'll sell it to you for 40 mm-hmm. And you buy it from me, 40 and then I take that, and then I can go buy another $60 game for $20. Mm-hmm. With digital downloads, you can't, that just doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. Oh, you can, you, 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 it's just, it's just a file. Yeah. You can't sell it to somebody. And you can't share that file. You can't share it. You're not allowed to put that onto a different account. It's they your, have something like that on PS4. They yeah, do. they do on PS4, but yeah. on Switch, no, okay. you cannot do that. Okay. And so people don't. A lot of people don't like the digital downloads because they can't. Number one, they can't sell it, and mm-hmm. also they just like the idea of like this is mine, I own it. And the reason why owning it is important is there was a game uh, that came out several years ago, uh, and it was the Scott Pilgrim versus the World video game. It was a tie-in with the movie, mm-hmm. and it came out on the Xbox Live Arcade and the PS3 store. It was uh, it was a great game. It was a side scrolling like old school uh, pixel art beat 'em up. So it was like uh, those ar- if you ever played those games in the arcade, like uh, the Simpsons arcade game oh, yeah. or or the Ninja Turtles yeah. arcade game. It was like that, um, and the art was done by this really great pixel artist named Paul Robertson. So it was only ever released digitally. There was no physical version of it that ever existed. So it came out on the arcade, and then after a certain period of time some sort of licensing expired where like either the company that published the game or like just the PS4 and Xbox Live Arcade platforms or whatever, the license for the movie expired. And so they had to pull it from the store. And that game just doesn't exist anymore. You can't get that game. Even, and even unless you unless it? you got it before, unless uh-huh. you unless you bought it and downloaded it, and it's on your system now, you cannot get that game. It doesn't exist. That's why people care about it because it's like if some game came out and you either never played it or you did play it, but then somehow like your Xbox 360 broke or something, and you're just like, I wish I could play that game again. You just can't. As opposed to the fact that you can walk into any any of these. Uh, retro game stores or go on to eBay and you can get any game from the Nintendo or the Atari or the Super Nintendo. You can get any game that you ever played and buy it for like a couple bucks. But that game, you can never play it again unless you go to somebody's house that has it. See, the, the ridiculous thing about that is even if you buy the physical copy, they still get you. You have to download it onto your thing, onto whatever console you're using. Like, I Well, that, I mean, yeah, nowadays with the bit like Red Dead 2 and stuff like that where it's yeah. like the the disc is just a starting point and you have to download like 60 gigs of additional yeah. shit yeah. oh it's a bunch that. of BS. yeah they, they make you feel like you own it but you only own one tenth of it yeah to play devil's advocate it, it, and not knowing how the video game <laughs> system works considering we were talking about video games for a second i thought you were gonna i thought you were saying because you said play i thought you were gonna be like to play devil may cry in a, uh, <laughs> Actually, you're I like thought, i thought uh, devil how the fuck a, does kirk know that game <laughs> is there a little bit of like consumers want it all meaning they want the ease to like i'm just gonna download it and i don't want all these fucking you know 80 different games lying around but at the same time i want to be able to sell that or share it i want it all i don't i don't want to compromise they definitely do and to a certain degree like you know you kind of have the options because 
the games are available physically, so mm-hmm. and they they're the same price, so you can just go buy the games if yeah. you want to. You can go buy the games physically, and if you want to, you can download them digitally and and just not do it. Uh, some games don't have a physical version, like for instance the Scott Pilgrim game, mm-hmm. and I think and and so I think the with the gaming stuff that the people the thing that people take exception to is like when they don't make a physical version available or sometimes they do this really weird thing where they sell a game box in the store but when you open it up there's no cartridge and it's just a card with a download code for the game oh that would piss me off yeah that's what people that's what people get mad about yeah but i buy madden every year and the last time i bought it i downloaded it and i was happier about that because I keep losing my CDs or discs or whatever. So mm-hmm. at this point, it's like, ah, whatever. And you're fine with when you're done, you're done. And you yeah, can't. I mean, I only play one game. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know? So, you know, just, just, a, just, a, just a, a PSA, a cautionary tale. All you guys out there enjoying the conveniences of the cloud, of storing things on Dropbox and having them available on any device, anywhere you want. Just be careful and think about the fact. Don't let them take away your ability to own your own shit. I, I I have Dropbox and I have everything synchronized across every computer. So like no matter what I do, when I save a file on my computer, it automatically uploads to Dropbox and then that automatically syncs with my other computer and then my phone. So whenever I do something on one computer, I can walk to another computer or my phone and it's there. But I have not only do I have that stuff physically, not physically, but I have that stuff on my computer where the file is exists locally on my hard drive. But it's also backed up onto a time machine, an external hard drive. Mm-hmm. So think about that and be careful. Don't yeah. don't get too wrapped up in how convenient it is. That's true. And remember that you you know you don't want to you don't want some fucked up thing to happen three years from now where the internet goes down or like the cloud servers all crash and then you've just lost all of your pictures, all of your video, all of your. It's just wise to have it on multiple places because something could always happen to your phone. So then you got the cloud. But if the cloud is messed up, make sure you have a um, a hard drive. But if you don't have a if you have a hard drive, those crash, too. So it's just wise. Just put it as many places as possible. Yeah. To get around the um, the not being able to resell and get your money back on that. Would, would it be possible to start creating accounts where you are just you're, you're creating it specifically to sell it? or to share it with other people who are doing the same thing. So you create like a database of people who have all types of different games and you could just share those accounts with each other instead to get around that bullshit. If like, if they don't want to make them marketable after the fact, just make it so you guys aren't spending any more money uh, through each other. Technically, I think you could do that, but it would be so, it would be such a hassle. I'm sure. I mean, once you, but once you get it started and there's some form of infrastructure there, like you get like nine friends, you all buy these certain types of games and you share it with each other. And eventually you can either just uh, share it with other people or sell it as a stack. Like all of these games at once, you could buy it for this low price. I don't play them anymore. I want a little return back. Here's the account. You have all the games. You can do, you could do that, but Nintendo has purposely made it kind of a tedious process to prevent people from easily doing that. Right. Where it's like, you can do that, but like, ah, do you really want to like buy some login information off of eBay and hope that it's real and then go through the process of like syncing it onto your Switch and you have to delete all of your data. So you'd have to either like delete all your data or just have a second Switch to do it on. Like it would just be such a hassle that people probably largely just don't even bother with it. I just take my 60. You got time for that. What I'm hearing is if you're willing to put the time in, I need a cut. (laughs) <laughs> True. The new blue. 
Hey, I'm Nolan Sykes, a host of Past Gas, the number one automotive podcast in the world. Every week, my co-hosts, James Pumphrey, Joe Weber, and I bring you some of our favorite stories from the hollowed halls of car history. From the amazing to the weird to the utterly unforgettable moments, we cover it all. Join us as we take a look at the wild stories and larger-than-life characters behind legendary cars and car makers. So if you love cars or just like a good story, check out Past Gas by Donut Media, the number one automotive podcast in the world. Lucasfilm has started working on Disney Plus's Willow sequel series. Willow's great. Yes. Wait, like, I'm going to mess this up. It's wait, not, wait, I want to hear. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, well, I want to hear this mess up. Spinoff based on the Buffy character, Willow? <laughs> I had no idea you were even going to come close to going there. Yeah? yeah? Is that it? You're way off base. Oh, okay. <laughs> like, you could be more off base. Oh, no. You're so off base that it's a wonderful idea. Oh, thanks. Okay. I imagine like she's a gay witch, so it's just like Protestants. That's what Willow's about. Oh my god, it's a <laughs> this is genius. But it's, go ahead. it's a movie from the from the seventies, starring. Is it from the eighties? No, it's from like the eighty nine. Oh yeah, seventies. Oh. Yeah, starring Warwick Davis, directed by Ron Howard. Val Kilmer. By yeah, Ron Val Kilmer. Howard. Val Kilmer's great. In it. Um, there's been a lot of talk about Lucasfilm developing a sequel series to Ron Howard's classic fantasy film Willow for Disney Plus. Looks like the series is actually moving forward. Writer John Kasdan, who wrote Solo, Star Wars Story, uh, recently shared a photo on Twitter revealing that the writer's room has officially been set up for the project. Howard previously talked about the concept of developing a Willow sequel series, saying, I think it's a great way to go. In fact, George uh, always talked about the possibility of a Willow his series, and it would be great and more intimate, and built around the character and some of the others. And John Kasdan has, I think, an inspired take on it that could be really, really cool. Uh, Warwick Davis is expected to reprise his role as Willow. Wow. I had not thought about Willow till I saw this outline. Oh, yeah? Sent us. And I was like, oh, fuck yeah, Willow is great. If you go back and you watch it today, you think you'll like it? Yeah, because of Val Kilmer. Okay. Uh, can uh, I get a quick... I put a lot of stock in Val Kilmer. Can I get a quick summary? Oh, boy. Oh, no, okay. There go ahead, Kirk. Okay. Uh, it's a fantasy movie starring uh, war. It's like a... Uh, uh, I, I can't. I really can't. I'll wait. I, I was gonna try, and then I, I'm jumping ship. Try, it, Andrew. I, I haven't seen it in a long time, so I, 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 I it's a hero's journey. Yeah, it's, okay. it's just like a fantasy movie. It's about this, you know, little guy, and I'm sort of, I haven't seen it in so long that I kind of forget, like, yeah. really what it's. Val Kilmer's like about. a swordsman who goes on this journey with him to get a thing, oh. and they get that thing. Yeah, cool. The end. I haven't. I, I can't remember. I haven't I watched liking it. I haven't watched it since I watched it like on VHS at my dad's house, whenever I was fourth to like sixth grade. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was it was a hit. It was a hit, and I just think it's one of those that kind of got lost time over all the years. Yeah. So as a series, sure. Oh, it's a series. It's yeah, it's a show. It's gonna be a show. I, I take mine over. It's kind of like, like, kind of similar, <laughs> similar ish to Lord, Lord of the Rings or The Hobbit. Yeah, that makes that sounds right. Oh, yeah, okay. that's better. Than... One of the VFX artists for Rise of Skywalker, which totally elephant in the room on this nostalgia podcast. We haven't even mentioned this movie at all. Oh yeah. Um, I wanted to review it, but nobody else saw it. Which uh, movie? I saw it. Rise of Skywalker. Well, right. at the time. At the time, yeah. At, Star Wars, the new Star, the new Star Wars. Movie. Oh my God, no, Kelly! Go you don't hear that. Skywalker and know that that is Star Wars. No, I thought you were talking no, about Terminators. No, I think whenever I hear Skywalker, <laughs> oh I think about Six Underground, that Ryan Reynolds movie. That movie's great. It's so good, <laughs> but that's not nostalgia. You really, you went, you 
You started out saying it sucked. It's terrible, but it's fun to watch. It's way dumb, it's but a it's a dumb, so, shitty movie, but it's amazing. It's I so good. It. It's you guys so understand There's what a lot I'm of colors in it. <laughs> there's there's, there's colors. no colors in it. It's just one big. Yeah, it's like vomit. Yeah. So I, w- I wanted to review Rise of Skywalker, but nobody else saw it at the time. Yeah. Uh, and by the time you saw it, was it was gone. too late. Yeah. It was like it would just been like such an old thing, yeah. to, old story. But you know, if you if you I, I won't we won't give any spoilers or anything like that. But uh, it's been out for a couple weeks. But we won't give spoilers. But if you've seen the movie or haven't seen the movie, Princess Leia, Carrie Fisher's character, she's in the movie. She has probably a sum total of like maybe 10 minutes of screen time. Mm -hmm. And it's all footage taken from Force Awakens and The Last Jedi that they recontextualize and sort of like wrote a story around it to justify, number one, using the footage to make her a character in the movie and also justify how she sort of dies. Mm -hmm. Uh, which is not a spoiler. Obviously, no. Princess Leia dies because Carrie Fisher passed away in 2016. For the most part, they used real footage and they just cut around it and like recontextualized it. But they did do some, in some places, subtle CGI to like change facial expressions. And in a couple cases, they really just kind of like digitally replaced her face. Uh, there's one shot in particular where like the rest of the shots, it's clearly just real footage and it's really her. Mm -hmm. And then there's just one shot where she turns around and you can tell that it's like a digital face. Um, But they also did a flashback scene where they showed young uh, Luke and Leia and they looked like young Mark Hamill and Carrie Fisher. You know, it was, it was CGI. You could tell it was like that technology of like de-aging, but a VFX artist for uh, the movie confirmed in an interview that for that scene, Billy Lord who is Carrie Fisher's daughter, and she is in the movie. She in in uh, she's in Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker as a minor character. She played young Leia, so she was the person in, that played the character. And then they just put Carrie Fisher's de-aged face over hers, nice. which is a you know it's a touching, touching. Yeah, that's a good way to do it. Yeah, yeah it made me sad. Yeah, it's it's it's. How def- can it make you sad? You didn't see it. No, 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 it made me sad just to think like she she's playing her mom and like, oh. thinking about the fact it's, that her mom is. It's crazy to think that it's been four years now, just coming up. Yeah, four years. yeah, it's mm-hmm. crazy. Remember those days? Oh boy, nostalgia. They're bringing back supermarket sweep. Beep beep beep. With <laughs> Leslie Jones hosting. Oh, I think that's really cool. After months of negotiations. ABC has closed a deal to bring back the classic TV game show Supermarket Sweep with a new art incarnation hosted and executive produced by SNL Live, or SNL Live, SNL <laughs> uh, former castmate. Okay, Boomer. <laughs> uh, Leslie Jones. They're paying for the show with their ATM machine uh, withdrawal. Um, <laughs> produced by Fremantle, the new Supermarket Sweep with Jones was taken out in August, attracting bids from multiple networks, both traditional broadcasters and streamers. ABC home of the original Supermarket Sweep and the extensive state of classic uh, slate of classic game show revivals soon emerged as a frontrunner, kicking off lengthy deal-making. Uh, production on the 10-episode order is set to begin this spring. Jones said, I've always dreamed of being on Supermarket Sweep. Uh, seriously, I tried out for the show years ago. After getting turned away, I knew I had to take matters into my own hands. Being able to bring the iconic game show back to life on a- ABC is my ultimate redemption story. <laughs> if you don't know, which I personally am not actually really familiar with this show, uh, the fast-paced supermarket sweep <laughs> follows three teams of two as they battle it out using their grocery shopping skills and knowledge of merchandise to win big cash prizes. The original supermarket sweep aired on ABC from 1965 to 67, followed by a revival on Lifetime, 1990 to 1995, 
and Pax, nineteen ninety to two thousand three. Is that the version you know? The nineteen ninety something. Yeah, I didn't know that it was it was in the sixties at all. I always thought it started in the nineties, and apparently it's kind of it's kind of a revered show. Like not just Leslie Jones, just you know, loving it. it people like really yeah, anyway. revere this show. Wow. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a game show. Yeah, I mean, it's, a, it's a game show, yeah. and it has a really relatable premise. So, yeah, and get get groceries. Does, does anybody feel like they're putting out a lot of game shows recently? Or is that just something I'm noticing getting older? Is like a lot of game shows are coming out, and and this year alone, I'm gonna make a prediction. 2021 is the last year of Jeopardy. We're gonna have a lot more people putting out game shows to take over its spot. I just think 2021 is Jeopardy's final year. Wow. Jesus Christ, Tyler! That's a, that's it's really a grim, sad. Consi- yeah. Considering wow. the fact that Alex, Alex Trebek, Trebek is he like, he just won. He just beat cancer. What are you talking about? I'm not he didn't saying beat no cancer. He had stage four. I thought he the whole reason he was coming back on the air and everything with like gusto was the fact that he was he's stable, recovering. but he's yeah not out of the woods yet. Oh yeah. well, I mean, just gives more fire to my fears. He's a loo. Uh, the only thing that can make this better is if the guy from Star Wars. Hosted this too, Jar Jar Binks. Jar Jar Binks. Yeah, he's just gonna host. You don't everything. even know who Jar Jar Binks is. I like it. You don't know what it is. I looked it up on YouTube, and I'm I'm a fan. You are of Jar Jar Binks. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> you're just you're just it's this is pure trolling. It's not. There's nothing redeemable or entertaining or enjoyable about Jar Jar Binks at all. Man, that's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> wow, you did that spot on. <laughs> <clears throat> the Mrs. Doubtfire musical is headed to Broadway. Oh, yeah. I, not really. Just, you don't mean yeah. <laughs> but okay. That sounds like a horrible idea. Yeah. How dare you? Fun-loving Scottish nanny Euphigenia Doubtfire is headed to Broadway after a record-breaking run at Seattle's Fifth Avenue Theater, raking in more than $4.7 million in ticket sales over Damn, 42 performances. That's a lot wow. for theater I'm in here Seattle. For it now. That that's is a amazing. lot. Yeah. I don't think coffee makes that much money in Seattle. Damn. Mrs. Goodness. Doubtfire, the musical, will head to the Great White Way this spring. Um, right, Rob McClure uh, will lead the cast as Daniel Hillard, an actor who creates a female alter ego to pose as his children's nanny in order to spend time with him after losing custody in a divorce. Uh, Jin Gambatees will start opposite McClure as Miranda Hillard, Daniel's ex-wife. Robin Williams played Daniel uh, while Sally Field played Miranda in the hit 1993 film Mrs. Doubtfire. Um, The rest of the cast will be Mark Evans, who will uh, play Pierce Brosnan's character, Stuart Dunmire, Miranda's new boyfriend, Uh, Hillard's kids, Annalise Scarpacey, uh, will play Lydia and Jake Ryan Flynn is Christopher. Mrs. Doubtfire is helmed by Tony Award-winning director Jerry Zachs, uh, who directed Hello, uh, Hello Dolly or some run of Hello Dolly. That had to have been a revival. The original. Yeah. The ori- Dolly. He's a hundred years yeah. old. <laughs> Carrie Kirkpatrick and John O'Fair wrote the book with music and lyrics written by Wayne Kirkpatrick and Carrie Kirkpatrick. Lauren Lataro will choreograph and Ethan Pop will act as a music supervisor. And I can say definitively that nobody recognized those names. None. None of us. Nope. Nobody listening. Not even going to pretend. There's like, there are, there are like per capita of any 10 people in a room, there is 0.5 people who are that hardcore of musical theater nerds. Yeah. That they know like choreographer names. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously the, the poll is the, the IP, but it's also like, uh, I don't know. I don't want to shit on it. 
because it's going to be, I'm sure it's going to be well done and it's going to make a lot of money, but also like, can we do something else? Can we just put a ban on remaking anything Robin Williams was in? Just, there's oh, no, I wasn't going to go there. But I, I, there's no point. I thought you were going to say ban anything. on remaking things. I was like, well, <laughs> can we, stop the podcast. Fuck we're this out podcast. Of, we're out of job. Well, thank you. Yeah, we're, just, we're now unemployed. Is that the Flynn guy? Oh. Uh, yeah, I, just, I don't know who that I is. Don't know. But yeah, I just, I mean, it's a lot. The Flynn guy. Do we, do we, is <laughs> this something we I need? Thought, no. Do we need a Mrs. Doubtfire musical on Broadway? I guess probably not. $4.7 million says you do. Shoot, I put it on. <laughs> <laughs> Kev was like, it's a great idea because yeah. it'll make money. I thought it was the dumbest thing. You said 4.7. I was like, now wait, now wait a second. Now, <laughs> hold on a minute. <laughs> wait a minute. This thing's got a lot of potential. Yeah, man. That's yeah. a good idea. Yeah. Who, who's in this? <laughs> now, if it was Tyler Perry presents Mrs. Doubtfire. Mrs. Doubtfire. And Tyler I'm Perry as Mrs. Doubtfire. into it. We're we going to move on to the next. <laughs> <laughs> Keeping on the musical train, ABC's next live uh, televised musical is going to be Young Frankenstein. Ooh. Uh, I'm excited about that. Young Frankenstein, the reasonably popular Broadway show from the early 2000s that was co-written by Mel Brooks and based on uh, the movie of the same name, is coming to ABC as a live televised musical in the same vein as previous ABC TV musicals such as The Little Mermaid. Brooks will serve as a producer on the TV production titled Young Frankenstein Live, but no cast or premiere details have been announced. So yeah, the ABC does these musical things. They're huge. It started out yeah, back in the day somehow. of the Peter Pan one. Yeah. That was just, they did that like... That was like 2013? Well, no, I mean, f- from years and years, years ago, yeah. like back from oh. the 60s, oh, wow. they used to do the live mm. Peter Pan musical on ABC, oh. and it was just that one. That was just, it was like a... Yeah, tra- it, was like it, was, a, it was like almost like a Christmas time tradition. Yeah, it was a, it was a tradition. Yeah. And then they did the Peter Pan one in 2015 with Allison Williams. Is that her name? Something like that. The girl from Girls, Brian Williams' oh, yeah, yeah, daughter. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, right. yeah. Um, that's her. And, and then the sound of music. from that point on, they went like, why don't we just do other musicals as well? Yeah. So now they've just started doing this, and they turned it into a thing. And I, and I don't watch them, but I from what I hear, they're just always really bad. It's I always kind of that. a... I haven't watched them either, but I've always heard that it's kind of a... Uh, Technical shit show. Yeah, they're just always kind of like a dumpster fire. Yeah, it's always kind and of. It's like almost like people watch them because they're just entertaining. Because it's like, how is this going to be like a hot mess? Yeah, I watch them. I yeah. watch it. I watched the Peter Pan one. I watched the Sound of Music. I watched. I saw parts of the Little Mermaid one. I don't think it's bad per se, but I mean, I went to theater school, so you kind of have that eye to like look at like how are they going to flip this from. And it's well, never really a stage production. It's like a, it's like a stage TV for angles production. It, it's kind of odd. I think it's not that bad. It's fine. Out of all the ones they've done, I think Young Frankenstein has the most potential to be good. I think so with too. the conversion to the TV. I think so. Good. Uh, I think Christine Chenoweth was in the first one. They did back in two thousand two or whatever when they first did uh Frankenstein the musical, she was in on that. Oh. So maybe they bring her back or something like that. But they should do hairspray. I think they already uh, did hairspray. They, I think they've I done think hairspray. They did. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. But uh also good for Mel Brooks. That dude is still doing stuff. That's amazing. How old are you I don't know how old is he? He's gotta be at least 90? 90 something. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say ninety seven. Almost in his nineties. Yeah. Not ninety seven. Not, not, not that old. My bad. <laughs> ninety six years young. That's right. Still doing it. Doing he it well. He is 93. Oh, oh, look at that. Good for him. It's one old dude. 
<laughs> I was gonna like not. You guys had to laugh. That was just hurtful. Yeah, it's, yeah, right. it's one old dude. <laughs> Melbourne. So in previous episodes, we've uh, talked about the fact uh, we talked about a story about how Bruce Campbell has come out and said that he's retired from playing Ash in the Evil Dead in all the various incarnations he played. He played Ash in uh, Evil Dead One, Evil Dead Two, Army of Darkness. And then the uh, Ash versus the Evil Dead TV show that ran for three seasons and uh, recently was canceled like couple, like a year or so ago. And that they were uh, Sam Raimi, the original director of the Evil Dead movies, uh, was producing a new Evil Dead reboot with a new director, new writer, new cast. However, recently in an interview, it seems like Sam Raimi has kind of changed his opinion on that. Uh, while they are still developing that new Evil Dead movie with the whole new cast and director and stuff, he said that he wants to make another Evil Dead movie with Bruce Campbell as Ash. So apparently he's had a change of heart about that, and he wants to do that now. He said in a in a recent Reddit AMA, uh, Bruce Campbell, uh, Rob Tappert, and I are working with a young filmmaker who's writing a new Evil Dead story that he will direct. As for me, I would love to direct a new Evil Dead movie, uh, but I'd re- really like to do it with Bruce. And he says he's retired the character. I hope not. Bruce Bruce says he's retired the character. Yeah, Bruce has right. retired the character, but like, I mean, like Kelby, we, we talked about this on a previous. Kelby, we know what you're gonna say. Listen, man, if the check is right, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we talked we, we talked about this on a previous episode. Like actors and anybody who does a anybody who does a job that they enjoy should never say that they retire. Yeah. Because they're always going to go back yeah, on it. Exactly. Nah, that's not 100%. You guys are missing it. He's, commo- he's making himself a commodity again. He's saying, I'm taking myself off the market. And he's hoping people come after Going him. into the vault? Yeah, nah, because yeah. imagine like... <laughs> Putting ima- myself in the vault. <laughs> <laughs> imagine all those guys playing Marvel characters who like, the character's bigger than they are. You know what I mean? Like, there comes a point where you're like, I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah, but like, I mean, number one, it's on a case-by-case basis of like, some actors will stick to it, like Rick Mor- Moranis. Yeah. But... Ultimately, I just feel like it's a safer bet to just not say it. But he's not uh, retiring. He's but just also, retiring the character. But also even like, you know, uh, Robert Downey Jr. was like, I'm giving up this character. I'm moving on from Iron Man. And then he's just going to be in the fucking What If show on Disney Plus as Iron Man. And he's going to be in Black Widow as Iron Man. And they're going to be like flashback characters. But he still, even after saying, I'm it, done with this, I'm, it's over. He's still going to be, he's still reprising the role, even if it's in some small I didn't capacity. Know that. Isn't the that, What If setting? An animated series? Yeah, but I think uh, oh, it's. Oh. It, I, I read a thing that said he was going to be in it, so maybe he voices his oh, character shit. or something. Oh, okay. Do you think Down to Day Lewis unretires? No, no. He's the one. He's making. Oh, he's he's making suits. He's making suits now. Yeah, he like he oh, retired. He, and he, from re- the he became a tailor. Yeah, really. He was, yeah, he was a cobbler before, and now he's making suits. That's crazy. Dude I'm, is. I buy wow. from him. I understand it though, because uh, the thing was, he was he was in the movie he was in. I forget what it was. The Phantom Thread. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he got so enamored with tailoring that he was like, I want to do this now. And I get that because yeah. I I have similar things where like I get really into a thing and I just learn how to do it and like get really good at it. And then <laughs> another thing happens and I'm like, oh, I want to do that now. I thought you were going to say because I'm really into sewing. Yeah, no. And like, I was like, I, buy, just, I was literally gonna be like, I'll buy, I'll buy something from you. Andrew just bought a guitar. He's two chords away learning uh, how to start a band. I mean, I've been playing guitar since I was in fifth grade, but kind of moved away from music for a while, and I've only kind of done it recreationally. I have an acoustic guitar, and I play songs for my son and stuff like that, but recently I've got the, the, make, the making music bug. I got a guitar, and I'm going to be recording some music. Hey, man, I, I'll tell you off. I mean, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
So in a recent Instagram post, Kevin Smith said that the uh, the Mallrats sequel is back on. Woo! Several years ago, he was in talking about being in development on a sequel to Mallrats called uh, Mall Brats, which was like a, a movie about like the children of That's the people. Such from... a dumb fucking idea. I mean, it's did, gonna did work. You, did you see or at <laughs> least hear about work. Yoga Hosers? Yeah, well, Yoga Hosers was... No, a... what is that? <laughs> it's, it's like a movie Kevin Smith made where it's like, oh, let's put my daughter and Johnny Depp's daughter and they're just like... It, they're, it's basically... It wasn't this, uh-huh. but it was basically... Clerks babies. Oh god. But, it was but like, is that different. what it's called or wasn't set it called in a yoga topic? store? No, no, no. The yoga hosers is like a is like an insult. It's like Visco Girl. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. So uh they fight evil Nazi sausages. Was this movie made? Somebody yes. gotta take a laptop yes. away from these. No, people. no, Kevin Smith makes amazing movies, and as bad as it is, it's worth a watch. I, it's, it's, I like Kevin Smith. Kevin Smith does not make amazing movies. He does. Kevin Smith has a couple <laughs> really good movies and the thing that he says. I don't make, care. He does. He Somebody make, gotta take You didn't like saving Amy. Saving Amy. First of all, it's chasing Amy. <laughs> chasing Amy. Yeah, Second of all, saving Silverman was the one I was talking about. Which is not a not like, a Kevin Smith movie, and it's not a good movie. No, either. it's not. No. I love Saving Silverman. Of course, uh, you do. we'll talk about that in a second. Clerks. Yep. Chasing Amy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Are good. Yeah. <laughs> Mallrats is okay. Yeah, it should be better. Clerks two was funny when I watched it in the theater. Not really a good movie. No. Nothing else that Kevin Smith has ever done is good. I. And I, I know, like, and it, it, Tusk fucking sucks. So it's not even, first of all, I'm not even talking about Tusk. I low key enjoyed Tusk, but it's trash. Dogma's uh, Dogma's good. I like Dogma. Dogma's fantastic. Kevin Smith never tell me another thing like about Dogma. Dogma. Oh yeah, Dog, Dogma's okay. good. I okay. forgot, I forgot okay. about Dogma. I, like Dogma. That was, I, I unintentionally yeah. left that off. But I also like the, his good movies outweigh his bad movies so much. That there was he supposed makes to be a, like. I don't know if it's coming out or already. Clerks three did that already happen? They're, they're making it. Kevin Smith is a is a is a director that like when you when you're young and naive and you think that you're like a film buff like Damn. like into movies. Wow. He's like great, and then whenever you Spill actually and then when you actually learn about movies and see good <laughs> movies, you realize that Kevin Smith is wow. not that good. Shots fired. I wanted to record that. So I mean, I uh, around. <laughs> I think I, I like I like Kevin Smith the person more than I like Kevin Smith the I, cre- the creative output. I wish Kevin Smith would like really make more movies. <laughs> nah, uh, I don't care. And so like nah. Mallrats, I, I remember it. when I saw Mallrats, I was like, oh god, I was really excited too. I was like, Mallrats oh, what a good. great idea! And it's a second film. It should have been better. It's okay. Are they going to bring unless they're bringing back every single person? I feel from like they. That? They are, aren't they? They're going to bring him back as parental characters. Well, though. so no, so Mallrats was the thing that he was making. Oh, okay. The movie fell through, and then he was develop trying to develop it as a show, and nobody wanted to buy the show. Mm. So now, all these years later, this was back in 2015. He's saying that they're developing a new, different sequel to Mallrats called Twilight of the Mallrats. Ooh, hello, that title. So I'm assuming, just based on the context, there's no information, but based on the context of the fact that the original thing was called Mallrats, and this is called Twilight of the Mallrats, I'm thinking that instead of being about the kids of them, it's more about, it's going to be about the original characters, like kind of in their older age of like, we used to be Mallrats, and now we're like in our... 40s, 40s or 50s. 50s, yeah, I might see that. I think I, I might, I might see that. They're gonna sure. do the same. They're gonna have like the same kind of gimmicks in the entire thing. They're gonna have him like fighting with his wife instead, and like trying to go do do this amazing thing. They're not gonna have a Stan Lee cameo, which you know I'm okay with. But I would love if Ben Affleck was in it and he was still <laughs> the same asshole. Like the uh, guy has yeah. not changed. Oh yeah, that would be cool. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, they, he said that they're gonna be. He's working on writing that, and there's no other information about mm-hmm. it. There's no 
confirmation of Cass returning or anything like that. But uh, that's going to be happening after Clerks 3, which is, uh, you know, that's the thing he's working on right now. Here's a little thing that none of you are going to give a fuck about. <laughs> Vogue Italia, the magazine, oh. for their first issue of 2020, they decided to do a sort of like throwback issue in celebration of fashion illustration. So for this issue, they, they're having seven alternate covers done by different illustrators. And one of the covers is being done by a uh, legendary uh, Japanese illustrator, Yoshitaka uh, Amano. So he is an illustrator who basically, you know, in addition to much of the other stuff that he's done, he basically designed the look and the characters and all of the aesthetics of the Final Fantasy video game franchise. So for the, you know, first several games... He did all of the concept art. He did all the character design. He did all of like the cover art. He did the logo design. So, you know, the look and the aesthetic of Final Fantasy is all him. Um, and he doesn't oversee that anymore. And he hasn't for several of the games. But they still have that same, you know, the, there's a style to them. And he defined that style. So, you know, he, he, did, this, he did this cover for this magazine. And it's so, it's so crazy because it just looks like... Final Fantasy. It's just this very beautiful illustration, uh, very much in his style. Wait, is it already done? As in, can we see it? Yeah. Can we pop it up and take a look? Yeah. Now, this, I have a question for this you. This is his cover. Did they ask the guy who drew the Goosebumps? <laughs> oh, wait, it, it, it went up. Oh, that's fantastic. Covers? That's fantastic. That doesn't look like Final Fantasy. I would straight up yes. buy that and okay. put it on my wall. Yeah, it's beautiful. That's, it that's beautiful. Yeah, he's a great, I would leave that right on Reddit. He has a very he has a very distinctive style. His style is like very kind of like picturesque and kind of like delicate and mm -hmm. almost like Elizabethan. Delicate's a good word. Uh, hot take: That's better than anything that's on Final Fantasy. <laughs> what do you know about Final Fantasy? I know the name Final Fantasy. That's what's up. We and uh, I know that it's an action game. I think I've played some. It's not an action game. It's a it's a role playing game. It's an RPG. It's a little action. Wait, there's not a Final Fantasy video game. It's an action yes. game. Well, there you go. Then I just proved my point. It's not. An, it's you. it's so specifically not an action game. They're turn-based combat games. So you you're fighting somebody. Okay, you're fighting. Boomer. That's and an action game. I thought that's what an action, action game. No, an action, an action game, game is where you run around. You press X and it swipes a sword or whatever. A a role-playing game is where it's basically a video game version of Dungeon Dungeons and Dragons, where you have stats, and as you go around and you or playing the game, you fight monsters and you build your stats. So you gain, gain experience points, and those experience points gain you levels. And with every level you gain, you get like increased health, increased attack, increased defense, increased charisma, increased dexterity, all these things. And they make you stronger and they make you be able to defend. And you can also, you know, use magic. So you can use different levels of magic. You can equip yourself with different weapons and the weapons are stronger. You can equip yourself with accessories that like protect you from lightning attacks or protect or make you invulnerable to ice attacks and when you get into a battle uh the recent final fantasy games are not like this but the sort of core kind of classic final fantasy games they have a turn-based uh, combat style so you get into a battle you select your attack when it's your turn you attack them then it's their turn they attack you and then it's your turn you attack them you can choose defense things instead of attacking but an, an action game is more of a like you run around uh, there's different types of action games. So there's like hack and slash where you have a sword and you attack people by, you know, hitting X and slashing. Or there's like a shooter like like uh, Uncharted where you walk around and you shoot people with guns. 
That's an action if, game. If you're fighting monsters, that's an action yeah. game. Thank exactly. You. That's what hundred percent. It's an action. You got to hit somebody. It's a, yeah, that's an action. If someone's dying, game, yeah, yeah. That. that's yeah. about it. hundred percent. Yeah, also, you, you should shower it. every day. <laughs> these are these are examples of these are examples of the Yoshitaka Amano's um, Final Fantasy art. I mean, that's le- that's legit beautiful. I'm like, so confused. Art in like. For the cover of the game, or yeah, just like the the stuff. He didn't that... do any any illustrations in the game. Well, he designed the characters, but they have to interpret those into video gotcha. game style. So gotcha. it's concept. Art. I mean, it's it's, okay. it's beautiful stuff. I, that Vogue one was great. I would pay for that Vogue one. You can buy that. I can't afford it. Screenshot. <laughs> you can't afford a Vogue magazine. You can't afford a Vogue Italian Vogue. <laughs> Italian Vogue. Do you know how much fucking money an Italian the, yeah, Vogue just magazine the, the costs? shipping and handling yeah. that alone. Yeah, that's about I ain't got that that's lira. Twenty dollars right there. You, <laughs> hey, look at you. You're well read. That's a little, that's a little, that's a little something for me. Um, <laughs> that was hey. That was You're something right. for all of us because I enjoyed that too. Okay, you didn't answer my question about the goosebumps guy. I didn't care. Uh, nobody, <laughs> nobody cares. We talked about this. Nobody gives a fuck about that guy. Yeah, he's a good man. He did the he did those all those covers on uh, for on freelance as work for hire. He got Great. paid like five hundred bucks per cover. Great. No royalties per cover. That's a lot of books. <laughs> and Diddy wants to just throw yeah, fifty million away. Compared, compared to the massive royalties that R.L. Stein earns from that book series, you probably get five hundred dollars. R.L. Stein still alive? Yes. Oh shit. We would have talked about it if R.L. Stein died. I thought he would have. I thought he died a long time ago. What is with you and your concept of what old is? I didn't think he died of old age. I just uh, I thought he was dead. Why? I don't know. He wrote well, scary bu- books. I want him to be dead, apparently. He's 76. Oh, he's still young. He's 76. Yeah, he's got time left. Yeah, back in the 90s when he was writing those books, he was like 50. Like he was like why would you think he was di- he'd be dead by now? I don't know. When I when I was like 12, I didn't think people lived past 60, so <laughs> You're still 12. <laughs> <laughs> there was like, I saw this thing, I saw a video whenever they were making, when they were starting to make the Little Mermaid movie, the new one, mm-hmm. where there was like a petition to get the original voice of Sebastian to be the voice of Sebastian in the new movie. And it was, it was a video and it was showing him like he was teaching some music class in some college, or I think he's a teacher or something. It was a video of him singing. Uh, a song in class there was like you know top and bottom mm-hmm. text on it and it was like the original voice actor of sebastian the crab is still alive we should make him the... and i was like i was like why did you assume he was dead he was like he was like in his 40s yeah. in in like the late 80s and yeah. you thought he was dead by now i well, like growing yeah. up and like thinking back about like what i used to think old was i i remember seeing people in their 30s and 40s and they looked and they looked way older than anybody in their 30s and 40s now and i don't know if it's just like people have taken better care of themselves over the years like as i grew up self-care got exponentially better or i just had like a skewed view of like what those ages looked like through my like drug addled families oh bingo but Oh goodness. You know. By the way, R.L. Stein, right. Stein's worth two hundred million dollars. He could slide my man a little bit more than them. Five, little five. <laughs> well, he, he he did. The guy needs a better lawyer. They, you know, they, they fucked him fucked over. Him. Yeah. It was it was another. Yeah, it was crazy. It was similar to the uh, Alan Moore discussion we <laughs> yeah, had we for Watchmen. Like... Oh, okay. They yeah. the the guy they did these books. <laughs> They're right here. I'm, I, I don't know. I, I can talk about these. They did these books. Arl Stein wrote these books. He he was he was writing some other series. He was writing like the ones we talked about before, mm-hmm. like the babysitter stuff. And he created this series, Goosebumps. This shit was a massive success. 
This was like the biggest thing for a while. And I have a lot of nostalgia for these. And I actually, uh, in high school, I reread all of these. Ooh, look at that. It's, an, it's a throwback. Oh, shit. Look at that. Hastings Kid. Oh, my God. I'm having a nostalgia <laughs> trip <laughs> this is good. right here. Shit. Ha- a, a, a bookmark from uh, Hastings, which was is, is a was a video rental chain in uh, the Texas and New Mexico area where I grew up. This was my video store. Uh-huh. Uh, but the thing about Hastings was it was a it was a video store and a music store and a bookstore. So oh, it, cool. it was Borders, Blockbuster, and Sam Goody in one store. That was where we went to rent movies, and that's where we bought books and everything like that. And here's a here's a here's a bookmark from from uh, the Hastings Kids uh, Summer Readers Club. This I'm you just went back in time. I went back in time. You really did. Hastings, your entertainment superstore. <laughs> oh my god, they had commercials for it. That's nostalgia Holy for like a regional shit. area. If it's very specific. Wow. If you if you grew up in in Western Texas or Eastern New Mexico in the nineties, you mm. know what fucking Hastings is. Someone right now is like, oh shit. If if he if he did <laughs> all back. of the books, if he did all of the books uh, illustration, he made the equivalent of three hundred thousand dollars. I know it's. I know the books are worth a lot more, but that's a lot of money in the '90s. I mean, he made. I mean, the, I, the equivalent today of three hundred thousand dollars in the '90s. That's still nothing like getting what he should. I agree. Of a, I agree, but but that was the thing. So they 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 so they did this book series. They hired him to do all these covers, and as I was saying before, I got sidetracked by this <laughs> fucking walk down memory lane. I have a lot of uh, nostalgia for these books, and I reread them in high school, and like they're not bad, but they're not amazing like it's it, they're books written for like 12 year old yeah. kids probably the majority of the reason why these were so popular was because of the covers oh 100%. because they had these books yeah. at the scholastic book fairs and people were walking around and they were like what the fuck is that yeah like and this guy this guy he he this guy made these books popular and he got nothing <laughs> my uh my dad once joked my stepdad once joked about he showed me this cover and he goes, that's what happens if you touch yourself. <laughs> I mean, he's not wrong. And I was like, I don't need to read this book. Because uh, he, he described it. He's like, yeah, this book, it's about him touching himself. And then it, his whole body turns hairy. It explains remember when so I talked about, much. Remember when I talked about my like number five it. favorite movie of the decade, Dogtooth? Uh-huh. And what that movie was about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's what's up. Wow. So, explains so much. <laughs> um, <laughs> legendary writer, Buck Henry. Passed away at 89. Yeah. Legendary screenwriter of The Graduate and What's Up Doc, who also co-created Get Smart and was a regular presence in the early years of Saturday Night Live, died on January 8th of a heart attack at Cedars-Sinai Health Center in Los Angeles. And uh, yeah, we talked about this a little bit off the podcast whenever the story was sort of suggested. Uh, and yeah, this you know this guy he wrote the Graduate. It's classic. He uh, and he was he he was uh, he was a frequent writer and and on screen appearance for the early couple seasons of Saturday Night Live. You know my for me the big thing for me because I mean the Graduate I like the Graduate just fine. But What's Up Doc is a great it's a great movie. movie. It's fucking yeah. great. Yeah. If you haven't seen it, you, you go back and watch all. Of the of the old sixties and seventies Peter Bogdanovich farces, yeah, noises off. Oh yeah, well that's noises based on a play. Off is so good. Yeah, that's based it's on a play. So yeah, the good. play, but the, yeah. the 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 movie version specifically yeah. with Michael Caine and, yeah, and John Amazing. John Ritter. Well, that's that's okay. that was made. In the, that was the eighties. Yeah, the eighties. Yeah, um, it's really good. It's but so what's sharp. up? What's up, Doc? It's what's up, Doc? Is so good. It's, it's really good. It's, it's Barbara Streisand. 
um, Ryan O'Neill. Ryan O'Neill. It's a uh, it's a farce caper. You talk about like uh, you know Jackie Chan and then like old Buster Keaton uh, in terms of like these really good stunts. Yeah. This movie has like great stunts. Yeah. This is like it's it's a it's it's you would never expect it because it's a Barbara Streisand comedy, but it has these genuinely great stunts. Yeah. It's way wacky in the best way possible. Yeah, it's a farce. Yeah. And it has these like really well executed stunts that yeah. you just would not watch going into this movie, seeing the cover of it of just like Barbara Streisand, just Barbara Streisand <laughs> like holding a carrot. Yeah. You're like this movie's going to have some of the best stunts ever yeah, captured. You'd on never film. expect it. But Buck Henry was uh, legendary. Um, and I, I wanted to share some words of wisdom that he, that Buck Henry once said. Uh, and he said these about writing, but I think you could apply this to really anything. I wish I could do what writers of my generation do, which is just open the gate and let it come out. I envy them. It's hard for me to do. That's why I liked writing for television, because I had to do something every day. So the best secret is, and it's not a secret, it's just when you get stuck in a scene, write nonsense. But do something to keep your hand moving. Do something on the page. That's all. There are no great insights. So that's, you know, some advice for writing, which I think is very apt. You know, like writer's block is just you refusing to make a choice. Yeah. So just write. Even it's a it's a first draft. Just write. It doesn't matter if it's bad because you write the thing. Once the thing is done, that's like the hardest part. Yeah. And then after that, you can go back and make it better and you will figure out how to make it better. Yeah. And I, th and I think you could apply that to anything. It does apply. There's a great story. Uh, there's a great theater story. I can't remember the producer. But it's exactly what Buck Henry's saying, where this uh, theater producer in like the golden age of theater on Broadway walks in the theater and the choreographer and the dancers are just sitting around and he's like, what the hell are you doing? And the choreographer goes, I, 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 I'm blocked. I don't know what comes next. And the producer goes, well, just come up with anything. We'll just change it later. And I was like, yeah, that's basically what writing is. It's like, just yeah. come up with something. Yeah. It's going to get fixed later, but you have to come up with something. That's true. Yeah. 100%. You got to do you just got to do stuff. Yeah. You can't you can't, get, you can't get stuck. <laughs> <laughs> Every just, single he script. The, he just cuts but out he the doesn't, last part where he doesn't he goes go back. back. Yeah. He doesn't go back. <laughs> he just goes cool. Done. It's fucking good. Uh, lock it down. I was like whenever I was in when I was in film school, I I wrote a I wrote a short film and it was selected to be produced by the uh the 16 millimeter department in the agreement of doing it. It was like you know, we want to do this. Uh, we want we selected this film to be our like th our thesis statement, and so we want to work with you. And you know, obviously, this is like a first draft, and you know, you, we can work with you on rewrites and things like that. And so I was like, okay. So they, you know, they went off, and they were like, we'll get back to you. And they came back to me, and then they were just like, here's the finished thing, <laughs> and they just they did it. And I was just like, I I wanted to like rewrite it. Like there was there was a lot of problems with that. Like I it was like a first draft. I wanted to have some say in changes to it. And there's like now that 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 short film exists, and it's like it's just so bad because it's just really? like they just Can didn't you watch it. I have it on a DVD somewhere, and I've lost that DVD. I don't know where it is. I I, yeah. I, I I've tried to track it down online. They never put it up online. The only thing that exists online is a trailer for it. Oh. The trailer is way better than the actual thing mm -hmm. because it makes it look good. Mm -hmm. But if you actually watch the actual thing, it's a mess because is it a feature? No, it's a it's like a it's like a oh, um, it's, short. it's like a fifteen minute short or maybe ten oh. something like that. But it has a kid in it, and they got a terrible child actor. He sucks. Goodness, wow, gracious. that poor kid. Yeah, he fucking sucked. All right, hurtful. We'll no, we moving on. <laughs> um, Yikes! I'll find it and show you guys the yes. trailer. No, I don't want to see it. I'll now. show you the trailer. Uh, last thing, and fuck you. Thank you. Wow. 
Wait, what? No, that was the last thing, right? Oh, yes. <laughs> that was the last thing yeah. is fuck you? Yeah. Recently, during an interview at the Television Criti- Critics Association press tour, Alex Trebek discussed his legacy as host of Jeopardy. Mm. I didn't read this. I didn't read He discussed what he hopes viewers have taken away from him and the show during the years as host of Jeopardy. Uh, and what he said was that he hopes that people take away the benefits of knowledge. Even though you are not going to use a particular bit of knowledge, information that you acquire, even uh, though you're not going to be able to use it in a, part- in a practical way in your daily life or in your work life or at home, whatever, it becomes part of you. It enriches you and makes you a better human being and I think a more understanding human being. He added, the more you know, the easier it will be to understand everything else that's going on in the world. If you have limited knowledge, then you're approaching other people from a limited point of view, and that can be a, uh, be disastrous, as we have discovered. You know what the lesson is here? Read the podcast outline. Read the outline. podcast outline. It's Read really, the podcast it's really outline. meta in its Nothing lesson. about what I said was wrong. I still think he, I, it's going to be over in 2021. I agree with everything that he says. I love Jeopardy with all of my heart. I go back and I watch the episodes on Netflix now that they're there. Wow, really? Yes, I love Jeopardy. I love being able to I feel answer like the questions. You have I feel some like so good. I feel like you have some deeply rooted emotional issues where you want to destroy the things that you love. I don't want to destroy them. It was a it was a prediction Nostradamus style. <laughs> I just Did want you just to compare have it. yourself to Nostradamus. Thank you. Yes, for understanding. <laughs> okay, but. It's, I mean, that's going to happen. Shout out to Alex Trebek. He's a great Canadian. I love Alex Trebek, and yeah. I'm going to miss him. When the show goes off the air, <laughs> oh Jesus God. Christ. You know he's contractually obligated for another, like, three years. And let's hope that he can fulfill that contract. Uh, yes. Please. All right. Well, uh, that's it. And on that note, of that just... Pat Sajak is sitting there like... <laughs> oh, fuck Pat Sajak. Fuck what? Pat Sajak. He's a piece of shit. He's oh, a yeah, huge asshole. Wait, he? No, he apparently is, yeah. He's like a... He's like, he's like a He's like an alt-right, like Ugh. anti-vaxxer, what? crazy person. And that—that's again not Pat. That show is going to be so successful from 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 now until forever because it's it's dumb and people fucking love it, and and, and he's going to continue to succeed and and live the best life while Alex Trebek has to sit there and die slowly as a show uh, has nobody take over. Uh, Jesus no, Christ. Get you I don't, we were literally about to end the show. <laughs> you got to drink more and water. And then yeah. shit went sideways. Yeah. Yeah. So you if you enjoyed it. that, I don't know if they did. And you haven't already, feel free to subscribe. That's if you ha- are subscribed and you think there's a friend that might enjoy the show, share it with them. If you want to follow uh, more about us and the stuff that we do, you can go, uh, go and like our, uh, our Facebook page, the official Nostalgia page. If you search for Nostalgia on Facebook, uh, you can also join our Facebook group. It's also called Nostalgia, where we are constantly talking about stuff related to the podcast as well as just general nostalgia content in general. Uh, you can also follow us on at Nostalgia, where we also share a bunch of uh, nostalgic content on a daily basis. If you have a question or a comment or anything that you want to say that we might read on the podcast, you can email us at nostalgicastpod at gmail.com. If you want to support us in a more monetary fashion, you can go to our Facebook page, Nostalgia on Facebook and go to the top. There's a button that says become a supporter. Click that. $4.99 a month. Uh, Not only are you supporting the show, but you also get access to exclusive content, videos, bonus episodes, and other stuff that we haven't determined yet uh, that is not available to anybody else besides you. Thanks for listening. (laughs) 